0: It's Pet Chat on 2 FM 103.7, and Cheryl, we've got our first interview for today.
1: Yes, hi Debbie, are you there? Hi, yes. Uh, Debbie, you're the Hunter Regional Manager for the RSPCA, and your shelter's having something very special happening. It's called Clear the Shelter. What's this all about?
2: Yes, we are, yes, this weekend actually starts on Friday morning, so... Um, we're always very full this time of year. So we, we've got a very special promotion, which is um, animals that are usually over $29. They are all reduced to $29 from Friday through to Sunday. Um, so uh, upfront, cheaper cost to, uh, to encourage as many people as possible to look to adopt new pets. But, and we're also with all the same... Um, the same medical assessment for the animals, the same matching process we go through to support families looking for the pet that's really going to suit their needs.
1: So what what type of pets do you have available? What is there at the shelter at the moment that people would be interested in?
2: Mm, yes, yeah. so we're working very hard as well to make as, more, as many as possible available for Friday morning, but we've certainly got lots of cats and kittens, uh, lots of different shapes and sizes, and um, dogs. And we've got a couple of Shetland ponies and some guinea pigs, and we're looking for a few more pocket pets at the moment to be ready for adoption. So they're, they're like the guinea pigs and rabbits and and those types of animals, so that to give people a plenty of choice. Um, hopefully, if they want to come in this weekend. So has this
1: sort of a program been offered before?
2: Yeah, look, we did it last year, and it was. Over, we were overwhelmed with how much community support we had. You know, we had people queuing up at the doors on Friday morning before we opened, wanting to come in. So enormously well supported by community. So we thank everybody for that, and we're hoping for similar this year. And, you know, ultimately what we want to do is celebrate that we've got lots of animals out and happy families to their new homes. And with the staff, we can celebrate. We've emptied all our shelter for our adoption animals.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And it's so affordable. It makes it, um, you know, available to anybody to go on, along and have a look and, um, obviously find a dog or a cat or another animal that they can share their loving home with. You did say that all of the animals are immunized and dissexed and they've had their health checks. And that's really a, a wonderful thing that, um, people don't have to worry about that after they've, you know, collected their animal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the the animals have all had exactly the same processes in terms of their medical checks and microchips and vaccinations that they would have without the promotion. So it's the added incentive, as you mentioned, people perhaps come to have trouble getting together the upfront cost. They've got the opportunity to come in this weekend. Of course, it's open to anybody coming in. Um, I suppose just people to be aware that we did we did run out of animals last year, so you know we're not sure where we'll be by sort of Saturday, Sunday in terms of how many animals we'll have available. Um, the best way for people to check on that, if they want to check before they come in, is either through Adopt a Pet, um, the website, and or RSPCA New South Wales Facebook. are going to update through the three days as well how each shelter's going with with what animals are available.
1: Yeah, there's something else of interest too that you're having. Um, you're having a tour of the Hunter um, Veterinary Hospital. What's what's happening there?
2: Yes, yeah, so the, given that we have sort of lots of people are coming in to visit, uh, we thought we'd give people another opportunity. So we've got an open day for the hospital on the Sunday between eleven and two, where there's going to be you can have a tour of the behind the scenes the veterinary hospital, and they're also sort of arranging it through a few displays and things with sort of procedures that we often do. Uh, and I mustn't forget to say we're also got a barbecue happening, our wonderful fundraising committee, and we're hoping to have some rescue groups on site as well to. Um, talk to uh, customers about what they do as well, which will be
1: fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful, Debbie. Well, I hope it all goes really, really well and people are um, encouraged to go up and find a pet that may suit their family and um, have a little tour of the hospital. It sounds like a great venture. So good luck with that and um, I hope everybody um, supports CRSPCA. Thank
2: you very much.
0: Now, David, you start the show, you mentioned Mm. something about
3: ticks. I know. I was being deliberately vague and mysterious because people, <laughs> people are probably sitting there going, oh, he's going to talk about ticks again. And uh, I have mentioned, though, that the ticks we have, um, obviously there's a couple of species. The ones we're worried about can cause tick paralysis, which is quite a dangerous and deadly toxin in Australia. But I want to talk about a different type of problem that we see with tick poisoning. Now, there was a discussion came up recently on a... Um, a vet, veterinary Facebook group that I'm a member of, and a question was raised about how many people see a problem called idiopathic polyneuropathy. Um, it's also known as idiopathic polyridiculoneuropathy neuropathy <laughs> or polyradiculo. These it's, big the big words just do my head There's got to be a nickname for that by
0: now. Yes, something small.
3: Well, is funnily enough that you mention that because in America it goes by a num number of other names. One is Coonhound paralysis because the coonhound dog, the hunting dog, um, are commonly afflicted. And another one is deer tick paralysis. So presumably what's happening is the ticks that are on deers are biting the hunting dogs and they're getting this condition. Now, in the United States, they don't have the Ixodes um that we have here that's the tick poisoning yep. that we get paralysis tick. So what what is this condition that we're hearing about? So what tends to happen is that uh, we're not exactly sure of the mechanism. So probably given the way that the the disease plays out, it's probably an immune dysfunction triggered by the tick saliva and the body gets a reaction to that tick saliva, creates antibodies which happen to attack nerves and it produces all over paralysis. Now the degrees, it can be complete paralysis to the point where they're not swallowing, not blinking, uh, not breathing and require ventilation to survive, and and obviously intensive nursing care, or it can just simply be weakness in um, an affected leg or uh, the back legs, for instance. Um, We have a patient in hospital who has presented and has this um, presumptively diagnosed with this condition, and basically um, he's quite bright and happy, Um, luckily he's swallowing, but, uh, and he's breathing okay, but he can't move any of his limbs. Now, if you remember from when we've spoken before, that um, paralysis tick that we see, the exodes tick, we use antiserum to actually reverse the symptoms, and they get better over 24 to 48 hours, sometimes a bit longer. But with this condition, there is no treatment. And um, actually, the dogs will recover, uh, assuming they're nursed properly, um, but their recovery is going to take a couple of weeks so two to three weeks. So these dogs can be paralysed for that length of time, which means a lot of nursing care. And unfortunately, if your dog was, say, not breathing and required a ventilator, that's a fairly big adventure to jump into. Yep. So if they're actually just lying there, then obviously they need nursing care to look after them, but um, you know they're going to recover okay. They may have some residual effects at the end, um, you know some progressive weakness that remains, but overall they should recover okay. Unfortunately, if they get the more severe form, they're going to have more problems. The very important thing about that is that even though we've said, oh look, it's it's hot weather and you know ticks are less of a problem, we still see paralysis tick, but we also do still see this problem in it. Maybe one or two dogs a year we would see, and we see about five or six thousand patients a year okay. in our hospital. So that's fairly rare. It's not that common. But, you know, most vets might say, oh, we'd see one every five years based on their caseload. So it is around and it just emphasizes that we need to use tick prevention all year round and check your animals for ticks. Make sure they're checked daily, particularly if you live near uh, scrubby areas or you take your dog for a walk through uh, grass and so on or in the bush. Make sure you check them. Um, particularly around the head and the ears, under the shoulders, under the legs, in between the toes, looking for ticks, and use a good quality tick preventative.
0: And it's a good reason to mow your lawn as well. Good, good reason to <laughs> mow your
3: lawn. Well, you just get a goat to do that, don't you? I think. Oh, well,
0: that's a good idea. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But then you've got to worry. Oh, that's to take care of itself, shouldn't it? Yeah, you know, the goat would look after things. Yeah. Oh, happy days. They,
3: they still get tick poisoning, actually.
0: Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> I have treated
3: I've I have treated goats with paralysis tick in the past. So they're not immune either. So
0: oh. I know. They all come with problems. Everything everything's got problems. Just get a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> we have got Gordon from the garden garden suburb and he's looking for treatments for ticks.
3: Good day, Gordon. Good
4: day. How,
3: How can you we doing? help? Good.
4: Okay. Um basically my question is that we rescued a little two year old Tibetan terrier, um, and two years ago, he got bitten by a tick. Mm. Um, we took it into the vets, which I'm not going to name which vet it is, but we took it into the vets and spent $1,500 on that dog for it to die 12 hours later, uh, uh, though the vet said it wouldn't.
3: Right. Yeah, it's a par- paralysis tick is uh, a pretty dangerous tick. We were just talking about off air about different species susceptibility and um, it can poison pretty much any species, so it even occurs in people. But the, the treatment in people is they just pull the tick off and you get better. But yeah. in, dogs are particularly sensitive, and they've actually worked out that they're the most sensitive species to the toxin, which is called holocyclotoxin. Right. And um, so when we see dogs that uh, – luckily we do have an, an anti serum for the toxin in their system, but once it's in their system – if it's actually attached to the nerves, which is where it produces the effect... And, That's right, it paralysed the dog completely. Yeah, once it's actually attached to there, the, the serum can't uh, reverse it until the toxin comes off the nerves, okay? Ah, and that, right,
4: okay, well, like I said, it was $1,500, it seemed like a lot of money, and we even had to go to a different vet to get the oxygen because he'd run out. Mm. And after 12 hours on oxygen, he was still dead
3: it's it's that kind of problem that we see. And this is why we emphasise prevention so much because once we yeah. get to that point, and particularly with some of these little dogs, so what we tend to ha- ha- have happen with dogs, and I think where you've identified like oxygen required and so on, so dogs that actually do succumb to tick poisoning, they, they usually die from probably one of two real things. One is that they just choke um, and they can't get air through the upper airway. Those dogs, yeah. um, we can usually manage them um, in a way that's effective. Not always, but some, most of them. But the ones we really worry about is when they develop pneumonia. Okay, so because they can't swallow, when they vomit or any fluid oh, no, that, that comes that, up,
4: this is exactly it. he couldn't he he couldn't swallow. He couldn't yes. even move,
3: and it goes back into their lungs, and then that means that. His lungs, he now has, not only does he have tick poisoning, he's now got what we call aspiration pneumonia, and that's a really nasty problem.
4: Uh, Basically, at the time we were in England, so it was my mother-in-law that had to
3: deal with everything here. Oh, that's even worse, isn't it? Yeah,
4: we were in England. It's a beautiful little dog. We rescued a pair of uh, uh, Maltese Shih Tzu and the Tibetan Tibetan. Terrier. And unfortunately now, um, the Shih Tzu died just just this Christmas. Oh.
3: Oh, my goodness. And they he were got, both rescue dogs. Somebody yeah.
4: let fireworks off. He slipped his lead, got out, and got run over by a oh. car and killed instantly.
3: This, this so. is yeah. I mean, that's but just terrible. off,
4: we still keep rescuing them.
3: Well, we good still on keep you. Giving them good yeah, and just as I said before, you know, we check them every day and you use a tick preventative. Now, I'll just a word of warning for yourself and everybody: is there is no tick preventative on the market that is one hundred percent. So if you put something on them, don't think, oh well, that's it, I'm done. No, nah, you do have right. you do have to check them all the time. But I would um, encourage people to use a preventative because it certainly reduces the risk and uh, reduces the likelihood. Yeah, that that's right. Going I mean,
4: our dogs our dogs um, are checked every single day after what we went through every day.
3: Yeah. Well, you. i unfortunately- mean, We don't
4: live in a, a scrub area. We've got a tiny little bit of bush down at the back. Um, but that's about it. But they don't go down there anyway because it's fenced off. But we still check these dogs and the cat every day.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, you learnt the hard way. But um, oh
4: yeah, yeah, definitely both of us.
3: Well, good, good on you for keep caring and rescuing and looking oh, yeah. after them. We him, keep so. doing
4: it. We've just got a little um, Pekingese. We've just rescued a little Pekingese
3: now. Oh, you're a sucker for punishment, aren't you? With oh, no. the little dogs. <laughs> good on you. <laughs> well, thanks for the call, Gordon. Good okay. on you. Thanks,
0: thanks Cheers. Very much Cheers. Bye bye. Okay. Cheers, thanks, Gordon. We've got Anne now from Curry and her dog's been bitten by green ants.
3: Hi, Anne. How are you going?
5: Not bad. My little Maltese you yesterday when she went for a walk got bitten by a green ant. Mm. I would like to know, is there a book of hints out there that if something happens like that, you can try and do... Um, instead of just ringing up the vet and taking them to the vet and paying big money?
3: Well, the thing I find, um, like for something like green ant, um, if we're pretty sure that's what it is, there are some ants that can induce an actual allergic reaction, okay? So that's different. That's where they get hives on their skin or they get puffy face. And if you get that happening, you definitely need to see, you know, a vet because.
5: I'm, oh yeah, I realize. Yeah. Um,
3: but if you're just talking about say, you know, they're limping on their foot and licking at it excessively.
5: That's what she did and she wouldn't walk on her back right foot.
3: Yeah. And this happens, my dog goes and lies out on the um the path out the front and there's a an ant nest next to the path and that that happens she'll jump up and run around and then start chewing at a foot and uh you know for like the next 10 minutes it just drives her insane. So the thing I find that works is ice.
5: Okay, because I rang the vet, the secretary at the vet's. Yep. She said to wrap it up in a cold face washer.
3: Yeah, something to really, if you can cool it down, like um, an ice cube wrapped up and just say in a chucks. And the problem I find is you can't hold it on there. So that's why it's a good idea, like she said, is to wrap something cold onto it. Okay. Um, and that seems to work the best because it really doesn't last that long. Maybe it'll be 10 or 15 minutes and then they, they'll leave it alone.
5: It took
3: her about half an hour, then she was right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is quite a while. So maybe if she doesn't have access to it, you put the ice on it, it'll settle down pretty quickly. Um, and I think that, for me, that's what works best. I find, um, particularly with my dog, I just use an ice cube and um, just wrap that and hold it against the area. But my
5: question is, is
3: there a book out? Oh, right, yes. Lobby-
5: um, pieces, if something happens to your dog, then you can try it first. Yep. If it's, that didn't work, then you naturally take it to the vet.
3: There are a number of first aid for dogs um, books around, and um, I know one, two that were written by vets in Sydney Right. one written by a vet in Brisbane. Um, you'd probably just have to have a look around. The other thing is, you could look at... Um, there's a really good website that I use, which is written by vets.
5: We haven't got an access to it. Oh, them.
3: okay. Um, the you can if you can't get it. Obviously, you might be able to contact others. But I will say it for other people anyway who are listening. It's veterinarypartner dot org. V e t e r i n a r y p a r t n e r dot org. It's written from the states, so it doesn't have things about Australian. Um, dangers obviously but you know green ants um, there's probably something on there about that but um there are some first aid books i think if you have a look um either in some bookstores or even at the local vets if you pop in or give them a call and say do they know of any they may even have some in there
5: yeah well i asked the vet lady that you know, the secretary, and she's going to look into it. Good
3: on you. But
5: I thought I'd ring you and see if you knew of anything.
3: Yeah, I do know two, but I just don't know how you would get them. I would probably have to go online to find them, but there are some pet first aid books for Australian conditions. So, yep.
5: Okay, thank you for your help.
3: All righty, no worries. Thanks for the call, Anne.
5: Bye-bye.
0: Cheers, thanks, Sam. We do have another question for you, David. Sadly, they're no longer on the phone with us, but they want to know if can other animals, especially horses, hear high pitched dog whistles.
3: That's uh, well, we do know the range of hearing. Obviously, for humans, is quite limited, and so there's, um, you know, the range for dogs we know is much greater, both at both ends, both at the lower spectrum and the higher frequency um, sounds. And I think, um, like people are probably the worst. So I'd have to say that like just off the top of my head that certainly other animals would be able to hear them, but I'm not sure at what frequencies. So there would be variation between different species. Cats, for instance, can, well, you know, cats can hear a tin of food opening from three blocks away. so, (laughs) So I don't know if that applies. Um, but if we're comparing it to people, then almost every other species has a much greater range of hearing. Okay. So um, I just don't know about the particular frequency that dog whistles operate at. Um, horses, uh, uh, I guess, as a general sense, I would say they're a flight species, like they're, a, you know, they they're a prey species. So they, um, you know, the thing that they use to escape predators is they'll run away, and they have uh, pretty good hearing. Um, so I think they may well, but I I can stand to be corrected
0: on that. Okay, so similar but not as good as dog hearing.
3: Yeah, there's variation, but yeah, dogs, as far as I'm aware, have pretty good hearing, far beyond most other
0: animals. I'll tell you what I did like before with the bully ant bite, or Mm. green ant bite, whichever you prefer to call them, pretty much the same remedy for if you get bitten yourself. Oh, absolutely. Put ice on it.
3: Yeah, 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 but can't give the dog a beer. No. Um. <laughs> well, you can Isn't try. that what you do?
0: Oh, well, you can do that as well. Yeah, <laughs> you can have something cool to put on there. <laughs> exactly. Earlier, we had a call about a publication about hints and remedies for animal complaints, and apparently, the RSPCA has a book on it. Very yeah.
3: interesting. Very good. Maybe, um, and it's free, which is handy. Maybe, uh, yeah, it's been it's on sale on sale for free. <laughs> um, maybe uh, when people are up there at the um, shelter this weekend for their Clean yeah. out the shelter. They could
1: pick up a copy. Find
3: out about the book. Mm. Yeah. It should be idea. mandatory, shouldn't it? I mean if you're gonna get a dog
0: They should yeah, you should get that with it as well. Yeah.
3: It's like an instruction manual, you know. We get them with our cars. We should have one for the dogs.
0: Yeah. You get them with your kids kind of. You got there's heaps of books about looking after your kids.
3: Do you get I I, I didn't read it.
0: Well, I don't have kids, I'll just assume that you do. <laughs> the parenting manual. <laughs>
3: they give you that at the hospital, Greg. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do an exam and if, the, you, way out. if you don't pass, they say, no, nah, you're not taking him <laughs> home. <laughs> We're going to find someone else. Might no, I think that's a great idea. So I haven't, um, Anne rang up earlier um, about her dog bit my green aunt and was wondering around about some easy remedies for yeah. those sort of things, so... Um, not sure if that uh, RSPCA book does have a remedy for green ant bite, Dan, but there you go. You'll be able to.
0: Um... I'm sure it's got some interesting facts in there and interesting remedies as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, most first aid books are uh, address kind of the, th- the most common things that we see, and you know, minor lacerations and things. Obviously, there's advice on the really dangerous stuff, like when pets are in. Risk. Um, one of the things a lot of people ask me about is, like, from a first aid perspective, you know, yep. for emergency, because I've worked in emergency practice for the last uh, 15 years, is, you know, what can I do at home before I come in? 90% of problems, there's not much. You really just need to get them seen to. Yeah. You know, oh, my dog just ate a box of chocolates. What can I do at home? Well,
0: nothing. Nothing. Get them, <laughs>
3: yeah, get them to... uh you know the hospital as quickly as possible um or it's bitten by a snake you know what should i do we'll get them to a hospital the one thing i would say from that perspective is um heat stroke is a problem that we see and um frequently with all of this hot weather we had recently we had quite a few animals come in with heat stroke and obviously we we need to get people in to get their dogs seen very quickly it can be a fatal problem um but we also advise people look hose the dog down before you put them in the car, because uh, with the windows open and the dog wet, that will help evaporative cooling. So you don't put anything on them. Don't put blankets. Yeah. Don't even put wet towels on them, because you need the heat to escape. But it's just one little thing that you can do before you leave home. You still need to get emergency care. So it's a good idea to have a reference like that, because it'll have those kind of tips and tricks and you know how to apply yeah. a bandage properly, but... Um,
0: you know, but at the, at the
3: end of the day they're still going to go to a vet yeah look 90% of times when the question I, I always say to people look if you're worried enough to ring then it's probably something you need even if we end up saying look oh that's actually okay then at least you've got peace of mind um, and that's really what we want people to get out yeah. of their their experiences when something bad happens they want to find out what it is what can be fixed and you know that their pet is in the best place yeah, Very good Well yeah. guys That's all we've got time for today
1: Thank you Oh,
3: Gee that's gone quick It that's has flown Quickly by. sorry Yes,
0: Quickly yes Correct <laughs> <laughs> My mother was a teacher so. <laughs> She'll be on the phone Straight away after this
3: She is She'll be listening
0: all right. And if you Actually if you did miss anything today You can check out our podcast as well On our website too On your R.F.M Thank you very much I'll see you Thanks, Greg next week Yep Yep Yep. Both, both next week
3: Oh I, I have to check my schedule
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear <laughs>